0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: I don't think I recognized it at first, but there was a change. And I would have to say that I definitely did have a small, some might say big, little bit of power shift in my mindset. And I didn't recognize it at first. And, and I beat myself up for that. Every day that goes by. And it took, it took my business partner calling me and saying, hey, I'm hearing some things from the staff. That you're, you you always seem too busy and you're not focused on them when you're meeting and things like that. And so I had to really reflect on that about, okay, just because, just because I am financially invested in this, I am still a cog in this contraption of a team. And if I don't do my part, then it's making all of their parts more difficult. And eventually that's how you run into attrition with your staff. And so, I had to do a really big personal reflection of saying, okay, why am I acting that way? And was it on purpose? And how can I do better?
2: You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, we are back with another minute with minute and i have a question for nathan who's going to answer the question of does minute do more than noise monitoring
0: definitely uh, great question we we do get a lot of people that come in to minute expecting that we only do noise monitoring and that is definitely a core feature uh, of what we do here but we have quite a few other features that hopefully um short-term rental managers will, will find interesting so number one We also have security features built in. So that would be things like motion detection to let you know when guests have checked in or checked out or when the cleaners have come and gone. We also have a window break detection that goes along with that to let you know if someone's trying to break into your unit. Additionally, we can let you know if a smoke alarm or a carbon monoxide alarm is sounding in the unit with our alarm recognition. Apart from that, somewhat related to noise, we have a crowd detection feature that lets you know if a large group is gathering at the unit, even before they start making noise. Our newest monitor is, is uh, available indoors or outdoors. So uh, the sensor, when you install it, you choose whether you're placing it indoors or outdoors. So it is weatherproof. And a pretty exciting feature that we have coming later this year is our uh, new ability to detect unauthorized smoking. So uh, that's a few of the features. We actually do have a few more that I didn't even get to touch on here. So if any of those interest you, check us out.
2: I love it. You heard it here first, folks. A minute with minute and now back to the episode. All right, Slick Talkers, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And if you're a longtime listener, you're probably tired of me doing the same intro every time. So I'm going to try to change it up without butchering it. But I'm excited. I've gotten to know Caleb Hannon with Stay Lake Norman over the last two years, I would say. It's been Man, I can't even remember how we first met. Was I think it was at VRMA it was. in like cool. 2021. I think so. If. It's one in Texas. Yeah, San yeah. Antonio. Yep. So it's been a long time coming. I'm surprised we haven't had you on the show sooner, but a lot has happened and changed in your journey with within the vacation rental industry. So Caleb, one, welcome to the show, and two, let's jump in. I want to hear everything.
1: Yeah, well, thanks will i really appreciate the time i I think when we first met it was at some kind of little meetup and and i had been listening to you because i was new in the space and i told you i said i think like my three-year plans to be on your podcast and (laughs) you're probably like who is this guy i've never met him before and what is he talking about but yeah my journey has been up and down quite a bit and basically i had no idea what the short-term rental space was coming out of college that i wanted to be in sports and then I quickly realized that to be in sports, you, you probably needed to work 60 to 100 hours a week to to make your way up to be the GM of a, a sports team or something like that. And then I ended up transitioning, working for a university for a while, transitioned away from that, worked for a nonprofit in ministry and ministry. Uh, and when COVID hit, we ended up shutting down that nonprofit. And I was a little lost for a couple of months, stumbled across a job opening that had to do with operations and just kind of managing a few vacation homes and jumped right in and listened to a couple podcasts on my first day to work about the short-term rental space and I was hooked. And since then, that was back in 2020. And since then, my wife and I have been lucky enough to purchase a portion of the management company and uh, I'm now the COO and just every day is a dream of working at the lake and managing properties. That's yeah. See, that's what I love about
2: stories and doing interviews like this, because going from working at a university and just trying to figure out what's going on and then ministry and then COVID and now a job postings up and you're like, screw it. Let's just go for it and try it. And now part owner of this company. It's just it. It proves true and tried to the theme that almost everyone I've had on the podcast like is in the vacation rental industry as stumbled into it in the sense of not by, by design to, to be in this industry. So I would love to kind of go before we jump into the state, like Norman and the purchase and kind of becoming COO with that transition period for you, what would you say was that big moment of reflection where you're like, I am ready to try something new. I'm ready to just get out of this zone cuz a lot of people during covid I feel like would have immediately retracted to either a safety net or even immediately pulled away from any type of ambitious next move so kind of curious what was going through your head during that time
1: well a lot it was it was really tough being without a job for i think i mean and i was very lucky cuz i was only without a job for about 2 or 3 months and one one reflection point on that is that i wasn't the the founder or the president of the nonprofit, but it was just two of us at the time. And we made a decision together to actually shut Mm. down the nonprofit and say, it doesn't feel right for us to pull from our savings because we're not actively working, there was nothing we could do based off of the restrictions because we were doing team building and we were managing a retreat center and we couldn't do that anymore. So, so to make that decision, one was really tough to know that I'm about to put my, my family in this potential crisis was really difficult and it weighed on me a lot. And then at the time, my wife was, was in the midst of starting her business. So that was a little up and down and you never knew what, what income was going to look like those months. And I never dreamed of myself as an entrepreneur. I still don't really see myself as an entrepreneur. I definitely see myself a behind the scenes guy, but I knew in that moment, like whatever it's going to be, I want to be in something that I'm going to do more whether that be, I'm going to grow in the company, but also just, I want to, I've always wanted to be in the position where I could help people outside myself. And in this position, when I saw it, it was funny because my wife told me not to, not to even to interview for it. Cause she's like, I feel like you're just settling because it it was an operations manager coordinator position. So it, it did seem, she's like, I just feel like it's a maintenance tech type role and, and you can do so much more than that. So she's like such a big cheerleader of mine. And I really appreciate that. It just was really funny because the the initial interview that was supposed to take 30 minutes lasted an hour and a half because I ended up just sitting there chatting <laughs> with with my now business partner. And, uh, and, I, and she was so stressed when I got home because she had the baby and she had our, daughter, our teenage daughter at the time. And, and she was running her business and she was like, it better have gone well because <laughs> you were there so long. And, and I told her all about it. And after I told her about it, she, she looked at me and she's like, I'm so happy that you actually went to the interview and you did listen to me this time. And, and we, we laugh when we, when we talk about that, that reflection of saying like where we were and and how we weren't even going to think about moving forward on this. And then it just kind of fell into our lap and it was just such a blessing.
2: Well, it's so funny because how often will you hear your wife ever say, I'm so glad you didn't listen yeah, to me yeah, that it's... one time?
1: <laughs> that's the joke. Like, hey, you remember that time, that one time where you told me I shouldn't have listened to you?
2: Yeah. The one time that it was actually a good, yeah. a good thing. That's so funny. Well, that's so good to hear like the encouragement on that side because I know entrepreneurship, whether you start something new or you get by into something or... Whatever that kind of trajectory or or path really leads to that, it's not easy to do it, especially if you're a solo. So it's one, good to know that you have a cheerleader and a friend and a companion and a partner at home that can really support that. But then two, it sounds like your business partner from day one saw the potential of you really taking a massive role in this company. And that's not easy to do as a solo founder. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to hire this guy and, and then also he's going to come in and become part owner and all sorts of stuff like probably not that he maybe thought about that at the time, but it's to give up that kind of control and equity and all the other type of responsibilities tied to it is not easy as well. So walk me through that process on your thinking and what were some challenges maybe that you expected or didn't expect that popped up and maybe some fun stuff even that you realized you were more passionate on. I know you're working on a couple of projects right now. So I would love to obviously like kind of jump through that whole that whole season
1: yeah absolutely so my wife is a hundred percent between the two of us the entrepreneurial spirit she's always like yeah. what's next and what is she going to jump into and she's she's started two businesses and she is she i admire her for for what she's able to do not to mention she's a stay-at-home mom with with our youngest and then is place mom to you know, our oldest. And so okay. to to watch her and see her be able to tap into that entrepreneurial spirit that some people are born with, it it's it's something that I look to and I, and I try to look at the way she's acting and, and do similar things because you're right. I'm just in a different entrepreneurial type system. And so mm-hmm. I have her, but then also my now business partner, I, I look at him as a mentor as well. And I'm so lucky to have met him when I did because I knew that there was something bigger for myself. I just didn't know what that looked like. I thought it was being in ministry and that was a great opportunity and I learned a lot. And now moving into this step, I took a lot from what I learned in my mentor in that position. And now I can only thank him every time I talk to him of saying, thank you for seeing you know, what you see in me and allowing me this opportunity. It was the right time. For him and for me to connect which timing is very important and i, I believe wholeheartedly that it happens for a reason and it just mm-hmm. so happened that he and his wife were at the point where he's a driver he always he's he's always looking for the next thing and he's done that his whole life but he was like i'm to the point where he, and i don't want to put words in his mouth but you know he's like I, i'm to the point where i want to take just a small step back i don't want to be mm-hmm. grinding 50 60 hours a week i want to take a small step back but In order for me to do that, I need to have someone that I trust, who not only do I trust, but is also bought in so that I don't have to stress about them leaving and then me having to jump back in and go 50, 60 hours a week. So it was really, I'm I'm younger, I'm ready to drive, I'm ready to put in the time and the effort. And he was to the point where he was like, I just want to take a small step back. So it just lined up. He was like, he was asking me, how can I make sure you're not going to leave? And I said, yeah. how can I make sure that I'm getting more in the time that I'm putting in? Because I want to return on my time investment and then my mutual yeah. investment as well. And so we just sat down. We were able to come to a, a great understanding to where I'm locked in and the company has to grow for me to return more. And then he still gets to play in the game and still get to do the part of the business that he loves. And it was just mm-hmm. it was just a perfect marriage at the perfect time.
2: That's awesome. And now walk me through since when did this actually happen? Was this
1: 2021, 2022-ish? Yeah. Frame? Oh, geez, it's 2023 now. So. <laughs> so we started talking about six months after I was working for the company. We had hit a massive growth spurt, which a lot of people did. And yeah, we went from, I think I was the fourth full-time employee, and within my first year, we were able to get up to about 10 full-time employees. So we, we doubled in our staff size. We were adding properties wow. within our niche. And so about six months in, we started this conversation about, you know, what's next, you know, what? and, and yeah. I approached it of like, I want more. I, I love this. I love you. I love the business. I love the family that we're creating. I want more. And so we started that conversation and then January 1st of 2022, my wife and I emptied out our retirement and said <laughs> we're all in and and so it's been just over what what is that S- 15 months 16 months that we've actually owned a portion of the company and it definitely changes the way you think about things <laughs> but it's it's been an amazing journey just in the time that we've been here.
2: Yeah. No, I love that. And I I want to kind of cover two things just on the sense of the the growth spurt that say like norman has gone through since you joined because one six months at a new job and having these conversations and thinking like all right i want more like that's yeah. that's fast especially with the type of business we are in this is a very go like this is a fast-paced business vacation rentals in general hospitality operations it's no joke especially with people checking in late and mm-hmm. checking out in the morning <laughs> and like there's all sorts of things that you could do like yeah, it's crazy. So I would love to know, kind of walk me through the company's growth spurt in the time of you starting to to today. But then also, I would love to hear your mindset shift, your 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 personal growth spurt in the sense of now how you look at things to how you look at things prior to taking some ownership financially and time wise, and now mentally and emotionally into the to the company. So let's do first one first.
1: All right, first one yeah. first. The growth of Stay Lake Norman. Well, as we all know, the the industry as a whole has boomed, right? So mm-hmm. I would say from from my start, I came in still in September of twenty twenty, right? So we still had people booking last minute reservations and then getting positive tests of COVID and calling and wanting to cancel. And so like the first three months was just kind of a blur and I don't <laughs> even want to imagine what march to september of me joining was like i know that my reservations team was i mean they still don't like to talk about it now (laughs) which i totally understand just from the small stint that i got but we saw that the train was we we saw the snow the the snowball start to go downhill and we were like Mm -hmm. chasing it chasing it we couldn't get the people in the right position and trained up fast enough because We just couldn't keep up with the demand of people calling and then uh, on the reservation side. But then also just it was a booming time for these high end luxury properties that people were looking with. What can I do with it to to get an additional return? So Mm -hmm. I started, I believe we had 25 properties. So about two and a half years, we're up to 43 properties now. It does take us quite a long time to get properties into the scope of what we do. And and usually there's, well, there's always interior design. There's always construction of renovations and things like that. And then our onboarding process of what our property looks like. So when I look at it to add 10 to 12 properties that are in this, this top tier, exclusive, limited release type sits system is big time for us. And. We've been chasing that snowball with our staff, continually trying to catch it. We're finally to the point where we have caught it. And I think everybody knows in our industry that supply is still up and demand is, is plateaued a little bit. And so we're finally to the point with our business where we get to start actually looking at efficiencies, not just, mm. hey, I need a bot, I need a warm body to go put in this property yeah. and clean it so we're starting to look at efficiencies now but but the growth has been tremendous and we've 2020 was a record year 2021 was a record year 2022 was a record year so to think about that growth not just for us but you know the industry as a whole it's it's been incredible so the, we have an end goal of of what we want to do and and where we want to be and what that comfortable level for us is and and we're just going to keep pushing to that
2: well for all the listeners too you can't see it obviously because you're listening but you have a beautiful background that obviously encompasses the destination that you guys are in stay lake norman is not just stay lake norman it's a beautiful lake i i see the sunshine popping out right now it's like oh my gosh i why am i recording this in denver and not not in person that's one of my things going through my head right now but i i think it's so smart in the way you guys are approaching it and yes like c- catching that snowball and chasing that I think a lot of people were doing some people I know super struggle with inventory growth in certain markets and the opportunity, but from you and your perspective and one of the conversation you and I have had offline prior to this recording has been really cool on how you guys there, shout out to Brooke Fots and Ben Torrey for the exactly. mentorship and leadership he's had in one in the industry, but my life, but he's always told me, "Will riches and niches, riches and niches, right. riches and niches focus in hone into that and so many times we can get so distracted especially property managers the newest property online the new this the new that like you guys seem to have a control of this is the circus or not circus circle we are going to operate in we are not going to go anywhere outside of this this is our property type if it yeah. doesn't meet this requirements we're not taking it and you've gotten pretty strict on that so like walk me through your guys's criteria and the niche you guys have put yourself in because I believe, especially with luxury homes, you guys are putting yourself in a very well position for recession for any type of like economic travel deterioration piece that most operators probably won't be in in the future if things go down the way some people might think. Really? So, would love to love to hear kind of like the niche that you guys have created for yourselves.
1: Yeah, and and I. There's no credit. You can't give credit to me for this. This, this was wow. not my vision. a team. Yeah, for me, yeah. I started. But when I came in, my dad taught me very quickly when I saw him work. He said, hey, when you come into a company, because he ran companies as, as when I was younger, he said, try to have some time where you don't challenge what's going on. Right. Learn everything. See what's happening before you come in and just kind of bulldoze through. And, and so I, I really took that to heart. And, and when I came into this company, I was like, I just want to learn everything there is to know. And very quickly, that was my question. I was like, why aren't we growing faster? There are so many properties on the lake. Why can't we just grab that and grab that and grab that? And, and credit to, to Lari, who is my business partner. And like I said, my mentor now of saying like, Hey, this is why if you look at this and you look at this amount of money that we get from that, and then you look at the operational adjustments that we have to make for X amount of money versus X amount of money. When you look at kind of the reform of time and money, then it makes sense for us, for what we do, because we're really good at it to stay in this lane. And, Mm -hmm. and it really took me, I would say probably about a year to a year and a half of not calling him every other week and saying, Hey, what if we did this to try to increase what we're offering? You know, what if we have high-end properties, but there's people that want discounted properties. So why not this? Or why not this? Or what about this tiny home? Or so I yeah. was constantly calling him and, and he would always, he, he would always remind me like, Hey, this is why this is why. And he was very patient with me. Like, get it now. I finally get it. And I think I <laughs> that not too long ago, was like, it makes sense. I finally get it. And, and so. We really focus on one what we're good at. We really focus on strategic growth of what can we handle operationally what What makes sense because it, if we get to this scale, then we need this amount of people. Can we find that amount of people that have the right skills that we need? How long does it take to train those people? All of that, and then you look at economy of scales of saying, okay, if I have fifty properties, then I can start this service on the side as this extra business and. Mm -hmm. So I didn't understand it at first. And finally, what clicked for me was, and I just talked to Laurie about this the other day, is that it makes sense because you don't see Coach or Prada or Louis Vuitton saying, hey, we're going to have a lower end product now. Mm -hmm. They're okay selling one purse a week as opposed to someone else who's selling 10 purses a week. And if that's what we do, because it's our niche and it, it gets the best return on our company and for our Homeowners, then then that's what we're going to target in the end.
2: Yeah, I love that. And there's been many conversations recently, especially at all these conferences. I, I know you are on the circuit as well when we're going back to back to back conferences. And one of the conversations in the industry is usually how many doors you got? How many homes? What's your size? How? Oh, you're not at 150 yet? Why not? Like, well, why, what's slowing you? Down? Why, why are you taking so long? And that can be the kind of mentality. Versus, I've had a lot of people, especially in the, like this kind of luxury segment, be like, I got 15 homes and I'm great, mm-hmm. making a million a year. I don't care, like a million a year for myself, salary or whatever there there is. And and they're just like, yep, this is great. I'm good. It's uh, the quality over quantity type level where obviously you're able to charge more and I remember you and I talking and there's a specific lake criteria right you guys have to have homes on the lake where it's it's visible yeah. maybe even accessible for for the guests can you walk me through that too because I, I would love for this is like for anyone listening this is so great for figuring out like okay like one what do we like what do we want to use how do we get the, our like better return on time and money but This like criteria you guys put in place is so narrow focused. It's got to be a kind of a lifesaver for you guys. And I love that. You're like, I finally see, I finally get it. So I'm sure (laughs) there was probably a moment where you're like, ah, yeah, that's,
1: that's why. Yeah. So, you know, that criteria that we look for is it it has to be lakefront. No Mm -hmm. ins, ifs, or buts. We're not going away from the lake and it has to have the ability to have a dock. Most of the properties on the lake already have a dock, but with our lake, it's controlled by the power company. So there's a lot of bureaucracy and things that you have to go through if you don't have a dock to get a dock. And uh, and so those those are really the two like must-have criterias. It has to be on the lake. That's number one. Two, it needs to have a private dock or the ability to have a private dock. And so from there, there's a lot of different things we look at. So we look at the view. For instance, this was the second property that that my business partner, it, it was his. This was the second property in the portfolio. And you look at the view behind me if you're watching. And if you're not watching, just, just jump onto YouTube real quick or Facebook and, and yeah. look at the view. Or just go onto our website and, and look at the yeah. view. But we look at the view. We look at the scope of the of the property. And then the other thing that we do for our investors, which I think is a little different than some people, not saying what other people do is wrong or anything, but because my business partner has a background in real estate, he does take the investment very, very seriously from people trying to put their money into something that's going to gain a return. And he will tell someone very quickly, based off of the Lake Norman market, the home costs you this much, the renovations are going to cost you this much, the design's going to cost you this much. This property don't, won't work because it's going to be overcapitalized and you're not going to see the return, whether it be cash or from the equity of the pro- property that, that you're looking at. And so that's why mm-hmm. we really like to work with people from start to finish is saying, OK, I have this amount of investment. One, is that enough? If it is, let's start looking for properties that we believe all in aren't going to be overcapitalized and are going to hit the return that they need to in an average year, obviously. So, so those are some of the things that we look at and it's not just, this is a lakefront house. We can do half a million dollar project because if the house costs 2 million, now you're 2.5 in and who knows what, ret- maybe you're only getting a 3% return based off of what we expect on gross ret- gross rental. Well, that's not worth your time and it's not worth my time. So, it's yeah. not going to work for anybody. So that those are kind of the things that we go through.
2: I love that. And so it's so special to have that walkthrough moment from start to finish rather than like, all right, here's our property, run with it, go. Run, like, yeah. Please figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Now to kind of shift away from the property type of criteria and more into kind of your your shift, your your personal shift, taking this opportunity to really kind of, really go all in and give this not only your mental and physical time but now you've financially committed and you're now I would say emotionally more probably committed than than ever before and that that can shift and kind of change people in way different ways than than most compared to some and I would love to hear like just From that moment forward, when you were six months on the job and you're like, I want more, I want more, and you're starting to have these conversations, what really transitioned for you, not outside of just like the role, but just mentality wise with how you lead and how you operate and how you think about things?
1: Yeah. So it's not all sunshines and rainbows. I wish it was. There wasn't really a big shift in my mind until I actually cut a check. Once I cut that check. I don't think I recognized it at first, but there was a change and I would have to say that I definitely did have a small some might say big little bit of power shift in my mindset and I didn't recognize it at first. And and I beat myself up for that. Every day that goes by and it took it took my business partner calling me and saying, "Hey, I'm hearing some things from the staff that you're you always seem too busy and you're not focused on them when you're meeting and things like that. And so I had to really reflect on that about, okay, just because, just because I am financially invested in this, I am still a cog in this contraption of a team. And if I don't do my part, then it's making all of their parts more difficult. And eventually that's how you run into attrition with your staff. And so I had to do a really big personal reflection of saying, okay, why am I acting that way and was it on purpose and how can I do better.
2: All right, slick talkers, now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Ventory and Safely. About Ventory, we've had Brooke Fots on the podcast who's a founder multiple times and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers just like you scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, a.k.a. more homes into your rental program that drive the bottom line. For all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory, you can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called From Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Ventory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at safely.com safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected and this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt you are able to make a claim through safely and within three business days you can get instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode.
1: So I've had to really challenge myself to take a step back. I've had to challenge myself to grow personally. I've always seen myself as a leader, as someone who cares about people and and ultimately my goal is to help people learn and build up. And if that means move on to the next best thing for them, that's what I want for them. In that moment, I just wasn't doing that. And, and now that I reflect on it, it's because probably a little bit of greed, probably a little bit of that internal power of like, yeah, I own a piece of this company. Now I didn't treat everybody the way I should have, but now, you know, that I see that I've reflected on it and I can move forward from it. And now I, I, I aim to do much better Really treat my staff like like family, and instead of calling them staff, calling them colleagues and calling them family in the right moment, so that's been a big shift for me
2: yeah, what like not to make it maybe a double question, but with with that change, like outside of calling them family and and having to change some verbiage or some like internal like actionable things you actually had to do to kind of pull back from that initial. Kind of aggressive mentality in the beginning to where you are today and being more to me it sounds you've taken more of a set the table approach now where you like you're opening up the door versus in the beginning you sound like maybe you're just like a rhino or a what do they call it, a bull in a China shop? Right, yeah um, yeah,, so yeah, kind of maybe walk me through some of that that transition for you.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because we say that actions speak louder than words, right, and so I would tell everybody, yeah, my door's always open, my door's always open. But then when someone came in my door, I'd just be sitting there on my computer. Yeah. Okay. So, so one of the actionable steps that I took is when someone steps into my office, I would say 95% of the time now I move my computer screen to turned away from me and I flip my phone over and I rotate my chair to wherever they are. And so that's, that's helped me a lot with my mental shift of saying, okay, it's focused on this this location time not focus on my computer or my cell phone or anything like that. And I've tried to make it really, I tried to show my staff through the action. of like When you come into my office, I am here to talk. I am here to listen and help. So that's really helped me personally. The second thing is I've, and I just lost my train of thought, so that's not going to be helpful. (laughs) You're good. But oh, personally, so I was listening to Ed Milette speak once in a podcast and and he was talking about triggers, how something will happen, like a word or something will happen and he'll have a trigger. Or I think for him, it was like he finds himself snapping sometimes out of nowhere. And when he snaps, it auto, auto responds is a trigger of saying, okay, let's get back into it. Because that's when he knew he was losing focus. For me, I've found that my trigger is actually numbers. So I'd say almost every day, I see either the number 1111 or one, eleven on my phone, on my computer, on my watch, whatever it is, I've used that as a trigger. And and when that number shows up in front of me, I will pause whatever I'm doing. I, I've been on the phone calls and I say, hey, just give me one second. I've been in the middle of meetings and I say, hey, just give me one second. And I'll just either step away or turn around or even right in front of them, just close my eyes. And for me in that moment, I just say a quick couple thanks to God. And, and that's mm-hmm. me. And it allows me to remember in that moment of, okay, I am blessed to be in this position. I'm lucky to be in this position and let me focus on everything that I've been working towards for the rest of my life to focus on the situation right here. So those are kind of two things, two big things that I've had to actually physically do to allow me to stay steady on, on what I'm aiming to do.
2: I love that. I love that. One thing I don't do enough is is that. So this is an immediate reminder where I can be like, all right, I got to find a way to incorporate that into my day. I love that. No, that's super cool. It, it's such a interesting reaction in the sense of a physical movement or act that leads to emotional and a mental shift. And so I can only imagine it's been a year, let's say 15 months, like you said earlier, since this has all started, Now, for any, and also you, you've been in the industry for three years. So for out of the three years, you've now owned and operated the company that you started at. So a lot of people listening who maybe have 10, 15, 20 years, what's been one big piece of learning or advice that you've had from this business that has applied to overall that you could take anywhere if you were to leave vacation rentals today and have like a successful exit or something that you could be like. From this experience've t- I'm, I'm taking this for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, will. and well, besides learning more about a niche and, and what that actually is, I've never been I, I was working at a university right and I was before that I was in marketing for an RV sales company and and then working for a nonprofit. I've never been in kind of like a really like learning more about a business. And so learning about what a niche actually is and, and the benefits of being in a niche, that is definitely something I, I believe that I could take forward with me. The other thing is that just it's okay to ask questions and, and challenge the status quo. And that's okay. Doesn't mean that you have to react on that and saying, well, this is the question I have and now we're going to change it. But it's definitely okay just to say like, well, why has it always been like that? Why has this always been this way? Or just because someone says it's always been this way, are there other opportunities? Are there other ways? And so that's something that I've learned a lot and I don't have any plans to leave this industry. I tell you that. (laughs) But, you know, if I ever had to, for some reason or another, I I think those two lessons right there of truly understanding what a niche is and, and why a niche worked. And then two, don't just take someone's word for it. Ask questions and do your own research and learn. And then revisit the conversation of saying, okay, but what if this and what if this kind of do this, uh, this A-B test in your head of saying, what if this happens and what if this happens and that'll help you make decisions better for your personal life and also better for the company that you're working for.
2: That's great advice. Yeah, and again, Brooke Foss, niches and riches, baby. That's great. Richard that's, teaches. <laughs> that's so good well i i love your story and and just everything you've been, you guys have been doing and just seeing like i think i've seen a shift in you since you and i have actually talked in the beginning like two years ago to yeah. today where like our one-on-ones when you and i like get together to geek out and yeah and and whatnot i've seen a shift in, in just you and and everything now with that, I've seen that you found some passions within our industry and you've taken up a little practice called podcasting. Yeah. Episode one has dropped today for anyone listening. This episode is being recorded. What day are we? May 9th. May 9th.
1: So yeah.
2: it's gonna, I think mean, this is going to be like in June something. This is when this comes out. So for anyone listening, they're going to have an opportunity to go listen to a new podcast. And you're doing something that I kind of preached to podcasters or just not podcasters, but creators in our industry from like hotels to vacation rentals that I think a lot of brands in the vacation rental space should create a podcast based off of destination marketing and having it available for either in like, Hey, here's how you use this in the house, blah, 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 or like whatever, stuff like that. I think audio is such a powerful medium. So anyways, walk me through what you're doing and what your goal is and mission is with Stay Lake Norman podcast and how you guys are approaching it and why most people, when they hear, oh, why would I listen to a vacation rental management podcast from a vacation rental manager about their destination? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a unique take and I, and I like the way you're approaching it. So anyways, continue on and and share with share with the listeners today.
1: All right. So yeah, shameless plug here, right? The, the Lake Norman experience is the podcast. You can listen to it wherever you do listen to your podcast. We're also doing video clips with that. On YouTube, so at stay like Norman on YouTube. I I would say I'm not a professional marketer. I I love marketing. I love the idea behind it. I love the idea behind guerrilla marketing and like learning about these campaigns that people do. I am just I'm very busy in what I do. And so that's not something that I get the opportunity to play in very much. And so I listen to podcasts every single day. Part of me was always like, oh man, it would be so cool just to have a podcast. So that would be really cool just to say. And as as I'm sitting here thinking about how we recommend all these amazing companies that we partner with and that we believe are the best in class, which we believe we are when it comes to vacation rentals on Lake Norman, I was like, I can sit here and I can write three sentences about why you should do this, use this company. But how cool would it be if These people were able to kind of pitch their own story for our guest or even just for people in general. And and I found myself when I listen to podcasts that there's, there's a fine line. There's a quick five to 10 minute takeaway that I can do, or I can be invested in 45 minutes to an hour. And I think those can work simultaneously together. So there is another podcast in the area and that's what they do full time. They do these longer stories about these businesses and it's great. But I wanted to really focus on things that our guest could really partake in. And so, you know, we're focusing on what we believe are the best in class on Lake Norman, in the Lake Norman area, on where to eat, what to drink, and how to play on Lake Norman. And so I'm sitting down, like you said, we just dropped our first episode today. Very, very psyched about it. It was, and I'm loving it. I'm loving meeting with people and talking and and getting out in, in the community. But really just being able to spread the word about these amazing businesses that are here and a, and a great opportunity for them to to show their show themselves as opposed to me just saying this brewery has great beer. Like, no, yeah. let's <laughs> let's hear a quick five minute spiel on them about what's so amazing and then let the guests be able to see it, feel it, hear it and connect with it before they're even deciding to go there. Hmm
2: yeah I think we were talking on our morning show with Michael golden, and I think we were we are talking about a i and how Airbnb is trying to do all these shifts on personalization, but one of the things was I think the stat of i think twenty to thirty percent of a booker or a guest time pre arrival is spent in investigation of the area what to do what to what to see and how to play like I love that that phrase that you guys use so 20 or 30% pre-arrival is them checking the stuff out and mm-hmm. who's to say that an audio version of this with clips and social to go with it, wouldn't be a decision maker for them to hit book. Right? Right. So what a great opportunity for one, you guys to capture guest pre-arrival pre-booking maybe. And then also if they booked and then you, they get this with their thank you or welcome email on like, hey, by the way, Google might say this, but here's what we actually right. know of the destination. Check it out. Right, That is such a o- unique opportunity to, to really, like hospitality has changed so much. And I think a lot of people think hospitality has to be, you have to check in, in a, in person, at a desk, whatever. And who's to say like, this couldn't be a, a huge shift in a version of hospitality that meets them where they are and allows them to explore further if they want right so i think it's a great great idea i'm excited i'm going to be a listener which is rare i i don't listen to a lot in our industry due to the amount that we have but yeah i, I think more people should come up with concepts or ideas around this it's super cool so i'm excited here once you get to 10 episodes we'll maybe do a recap yeah a little blueprint of this episode say hey it's been 10 episodes What, what's been your biggest takeaway Podcasting is fun. You get to talk, interview, listen, all the cool stuff. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's fun for it. it, Yeah, it. One of the big things, reason why we didn't just do audio. I know you and I talked, and you kind of coached me through it, and I really, really appreciate it. Is that I also wanted to show people where we were, and so if if I'm going to meet with a brewery, I want people to be able to see the brewery behind me, so people can have a, a better understanding of what they're going to see, because we all know that any business who's who's smart is putting professionalized photographs on their website and things like that yeah so being able to bring myself to them and then coordinate that throughout the whole experience with the guests right so then it goes into we've talked to you, you talked about making videos of how to use something in the house right well yeah. i do those and i don't have any problem doing those one candidly i like being in front of the in front of the The photograph or the video or whatever, I don't mind being a public figure. And so now, not only do we have myself talking people through maybe a tricky door or a tricky oven or a a remote for the pool, but now that's continuing through, you know, the back end of saying, okay, here's a brewery, here's a restaurant, here's a golf course, here's a boat rental company, all those kinds of things. So just continuing to combine everything into one of like, we are Stay Lake Norman, and our goal is to give you the best experience on Lake Norman as possible. And that's by offering you the most information that you want to consume. We're going to have it here for you.
2: I love it. So, so good. So that's a great mindset to have. I think more companies, yeah, we could geek out about this later on, a, on another, another day, but I'm like, I think more companies need to use digital marketing in order to grow. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But anyways, it's a whole other a whole other beast of a discussion. So I gave you a little bit of a warning before we hit record on this episode that what we've been doing this year, or at least I think we missed like two episodes due to the uniqueness of them. But every guest before I record with someone gets to ask a question for the next guest without knowing who they are. Work. I got this idea from Diary of a CEO. So basically, yeah, I'm going to read you a, a question from rena who is the co-founder of boutique okay and they're pretty much an all-encompassing vacation rental management company with tech real estate and operations and her question to you is what is the most satisfying thing you've made or built and
1: why was it so satisfying for you whoo man that is that is a tough one i i think depending on what aspect of my life? I think there are different times where I probably could answer that. I'll say being a dad has been so satisfying for me. I've I've been through a lot when it comes to parents and, and my life. So actually being able to bring life into this world and then be able to watch him. My Our youngest is three. My stepdaughter, who I just call my daughter, is 17. Yeah. So just being able to see uh, both of them grow and mature and being able to see things that I've said or taught or done and then watch them do it a month, two months, three months, a year later has been really, really satisfying. And it, it just continues to remind me that like everything I do is actually consumed by somebody unless I'm in the privacy of my own home by myself everything I say and do is actually being consumed by someone and they're seeing it and being able to see my kids kind of follow me and, and allow me to lead and then do similar things to what I do, man, it's been, it's been really satisfying, challenging, very challenging, but very, very satisfying and, and such a great reward at the end of the day for me.
2: I love that. Beautiful. Well said. (laughs) And now without knowing who's next, I have one recording left today on May 9th. What? So there's one person who, what would you ask them could be anything related to business, personal, et cetera, but I can't tell you who they are. You'll okay. find out after your episode. comes out. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm going to kind of relate it back to my journey as like a dad and, and what I've gone through, but it, it would be, what was something that you went through in your life? And in the moment you were just like, why is this happening to me? But then hindsight being 2020, 20, you can now reflect on that and say, that's why, that's why that happened. Mm. And it was hard in the moment, but now reflecting on it, it's, it, it really did set me up for success or something like that.
2: I love it. It's a good, it's a good reflection period. I don't know. What, what what would you say? Have you been going through a lot more reflection recently? I feel like a lot i've I've been talking to a lot of friends that are either entrepreneurs or own a business or whatever the the mm-hmm. thing is and i i feel like we're all kind of going through a, a deeper reflection to di- more more than probably we did during covid so are, are, are you seeing that as well or or you am i just kind of on that, that, what, that I, different... I,
1: <laughs> I can't speak for anybody else i can, i can speak for me absolutely i i i see that during kind of the the years of covid i Felt as though just society in general, but also myself and my wife, it was very much carpe diem of, hey, we're going to live in the moment and we're going to enjoy it and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm going to focus on the next day in front of me and today and that's it. And that's okay. It was a great time, you know, that we did that. But I would say in our industry in general, seeing kind of the conversations that are being had about, Bookings and things like that. People are starting to reflect. And I think that's the professional side of it. Personally, while I wish my life was slowing down, I am becoming more cognizant of what I am doing because of the COVID years. And I I, I do find myself reflecting. There's a lot that goes into it. I think some could be COVID. Some could be that I, I now own a part of a business that my whole retirement and livelihood is in. And the other part of it is I was a father before, but having a newborn and bringing a newborn in and raising them, that, that challenges you because I'm experiencing things that I didn't experience with my stepdaughter. And so I think all of those things combined for me, I am in in a, a time of reflection. And also I, I think about our age. We're, we're very similar in age. And, and I would say if you probably talk to a lot of people who are 50, 60, 70, They were like, yeah. In that time of my life, it was a turning point for me of saying, "What truly is important?" Like, I've always been a little bit more mature. Well, okay. After college, Mm -hmm. I had to be more mature. (laughs) Uh, But and but now I'm really starting to reflect on like, what are the really important things in my life? And and reflecting back of like, okay, why is that important to me? How did that? How did this situation reflect? how does it reflect now and things like that. So I I would agree with you that myself personally, yes, but as an industry and probably as a society that there's a lot of reflection going on right now.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like it's just something in the air. I don't know. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks leading up to this recording too, where I'm like lots of reflection, I think is happening and not just my own life. And now it sounds like yours, but just a lot of people in general, I think are just having that, question of maybe not what ifs but you know evaluating time and energy and input versus output and all those other stuff and yeah it's been a, a weird and i say weird in a good way it's been a weird yeah. time of yeah reflection so that's really cool but all right to wrap up this episode the last question i always ask every guest if you had one link what? not all the links that we're going to put in the show notes but if you had one where they're they're like oh yeah this is a link I need to use. If you want to get to know
1: Kayla better, reach out to you or anything else, what would it be? Oh man, I, I got to make it about the business. So it's got to be all business. So I would say the best thing would be just go to staylinknorman.com because you can contact us through the website. You can look at all of our gorgeous pictures. Soon there will be a link to the podcast. It's not there yet, but we'll have the podcast on there. Links to our social. So just go to the website, staylinknorman.com. You'll be able to find what you need there and reach out to us.
2: I love it. As everyone knows, I'll put all those links in the show notes and that we'll make sure because this podcast is recorded May 9th. I think it comes out like sometime in June due to our huge line of episodes that we already have. So the podcast link will be included.
1: It Just will you're yeah. we'll get, we'll get the podcast it's... link included. <laughs> I mean, by that time we'll have four or five episodes. So you'll be able to know and, and I'm going to convince you to come to Lake Norman. If you haven't been, I'm already,
2: home. I'm already convinced. I'm, I'm so mad that I'm recording this virtually yeah. right now. I'm like, Shit. I should have flown Shit. out. I should have flown out and just done this in person. It's so good. Well, thank you again, Caleb, for taking the time to share your story, share some insight and kind of do some reflecting together. And for all of our listeners, make sure you like, and subscribe everything. Stay like Norman, Caleb Hannon, all the above, everything we've talked about is going to be included in the show notes. And of course, like every single episode, We'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on SlickTalkThePodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.